0: Blog Talk Radio Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and just wanted to give you a couple of updates on some of my books before I introduce my guests. Um, my book, See Me, which is book one of the Reluctant Witch series, is actually free for the next two days on Kindle. Again, it's See Me. Um, it's my paranormal romance uh, about a ghostly um, romantic relationship. It was really a lot of fun. So again, um, I hope you guys will check that out and get it for free. Again, it's See Me. And then until October 31st, I'm running a giveaway where I'm giving away a hard copy of The Devil and Witch just in celebration of Halloween. So information about that is on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So today I have um, two of the authors of the Pets in Space 4 anthology. The Pets in Space 4 Anthology is 13 original, never-before-released stories from today's leading science fiction romance authors. Proceeds from this book support Hero-Dogs.org, which is a nonprofit charity that helps service veterans and first responders. So this evening, I have J.C. Hay and Veronica Scott. So welcome, guys, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you this evening? Great, thank you for having us as your guest. It's really appreciated. Well, I, I this actually sounded like a really interesting book, so I'm I'm glad that you were able to join me. Um, so maybe, um, and we'll we'll kind of start at one time. I, this is book four, right? So we're right. both of you involved in the prior books. Maybe Veronica, you could well, start. Actually, Pauline Jones and
1: I are really close friends, and we. Uh, started this concept we co-founded it we own the trademark and every year we put together an anthology of science fiction romance stories and part of the royalties do go it's hero dogs inc i guess we have a typo in our um, material apologize for that but part of the proceeds go to to that organization which provides service dogs for disabled veterans and first responders and our two we have two goals primarily one is we like to try and entice readers to give science fiction romance a chance and we thought if we told stories with pets involved that might be helpful and the other thing is we want to support hero dogs and so far over the previous years we've been able to donate a little more than seven thousand dollars to them so we're very grateful to our readers for all the support.
0: Well, that's great. Now, science fiction romance. There's a lot of different subgenres of romance. There's paranormal, which I dabble in from here it's just, um, at times. Um, there's small town. There's you know, um, you know, military. There's all kinds of different subgenres. But I, you haven't, I at least personally have not heard a lot about science fiction romance. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that subgenre and and why you were attracted to it. Well, kind of the fun thing
1: about sci-fi romance is that actually you can have all the other genres happening within a science fiction framework. The important thing is, of course, to have a romance with a happily ever after or a happy for now ending, which is how we're different from hard, you know, science fiction with a capital science fiction because we always have romance. So that's what I like about it. I like being able to set my stories anywhere, anytime, anything can happen and I focus on the hero and the heroine and the adventure that they're in the middle of and I, I like science fiction settings so JC why, why you what pulls you into sci-fi romance
2: it, it, it's funny I for some reason I didn't realize that it it was a subgenre and had always been both the stories I was writing and the, the stories I was gravitating towards you know whether it was CJ Shara's stuff or uh, or the Vorkosigan saga from Bujold or, or even Anne McCaffrey's dragons uh, stuff. It's I've always wanted stuff that that had a focus on the relationships and on the human side.
0: For right. me, science
2: fiction is worthless without that human side. It you, if otherwise it's just cold and and technical, and you've got mm-hmm. no you, you you've got no heart to it. And I I quite literally like the fact that you know a saga like this they're being able to write in
1: science fiction romance let, lets me put heart into it. Right. We can focus on the relationship and the interaction between the two characters a little more than just the overall science fiction-y adventure of it. So, but, you know, as science fiction romance authors, we actually don't like to think of ourselves as a subgenre of anything except romance. We, we try right. really hard to be seen as a separate, our own thing. As long as the readers are reading our stories, we're happy
0: they can call it whatever they would like. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, what's the heat level for most of these stories in this anthology? Does it vary or? Yeah, it varies. Um, we decided
1: in the beginning, because we were supporting a charity, we couldn't have stories that were as steamy as some you might find in sci fi romance. So we try to keep it around PG-13, we don't get too extreme. And we have some authors who write what we call closed door romances where there's no steamy hotness at all in the story itself, but there's still a satisfying, you know, amount of romance. So it's kind of spans the spectrum. Of course, every year we have something of a turnover in the authors, although JC is one of our long-time, you know, he's been with us. But, you know, people Ew, come and they, they go. Well, but that's still, it's two years, so that's true. That's, yeah, so there's something for everyone. There just isn't the complete extreme of the, you know, hot hot times every other page and all kinds of alien interaction. And we just, for us charity, we didn't feel we could go that that deep into it. So
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: really only our stipulation. And we put that right in the contract that you
0: know we will make sure the stories aren't too hot. And so what are some other themes that um, that flow through all of the stories in this anthology? Well, what a, a number of the authors, including myself, what we
1: do is we have established universes. We have series going on. And so typically what a person will do, like Anna Hackett, she's a very well-known sci-fi romance author who writes Galactic Gladiators, which is a terrific series. And so we try to find a story that works within that universe but would involve a pet. And what we found, Pauline and I, what we found is the authors really have a lot of fun trying to write a story in their universe and also meaningfully incorporate a pet. So mine are set on an interstellar cruise liner, the the Star Cruise series, and so far I've had a cat, I've had an alien creature that's kind of like a Tribble mixed with a cat, I've had a bird, this year I have an alien dog, so it's really fun. To find cat, and I love JC's pet this year it's oh, thank you. I, I, I was gonna say I,
2: I I loved I loved your pet this year too, but I'm I'm so partial <laughs> to dogs. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, for me I a minor set in my Tri Systems setting where I've got my uh, my primary series, and that is uh, my Rangers, which is sort of military science fiction. They're all canine units that are bonded with. Um, so they basically form a they form a two a, a two partner team out in the field the the ranger and and the wolf that they're they're empathically bonded with so it fits really easily into the uh, the pets in space sort of theme because yeah. I I can work it with that a lot
1: fits into our hero dogs association yeah. too because you have heroic canines and yeah, I like that but
2: yeah as she as said this year I got to I got to be a little strange and and be a little different I, I went in. Peeled the roof back on on the smugglers that are the the other side of the coin from my rangers, and so I got to I got to use one of the the lizards that is are common in the tri system as pets for people who can't afford cats and dogs. So,
1: and I enjoyed that. It was different. It, every year it's fascinating to see what people come up with for their pets. I mean, this year we have a unicorn in space, and we have you know I have my alien dog, and we have another dog, and we have a cyborg cat. It, always a variety. It's it's fun when you give authors the same basic writing prompt, you know, which is tell us sci-fi romance with a pet involved, and then everybody comes up with something completely different. So part of what we're trying to do also is each of the authors brings their own readers to the anthology because people are, thankfully, they're crazy mad to get their hands on the latest, you know, Galactic Gladiators or Star Cruise or Tri-Stars series story and then once they're there we hope they'll read all the stories and you know so each of the 13 authors will end up with some new readers and so far it seems to be working pretty well yeah no it 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 now, really it, has
2: it, I, it, I always can tell when my readership picks up uh, as, as people start to get through as, as the book comes out and I, I start to pick up new people and and they start going back and picking up back exactly uh, my back yeah blog,
1: so yes yeah, it's, it's fun it's satisfying it's but Pauline and I have really had a good time with it. We did the first Pets in Space, and, you know, we, we thought it would be fun to do. We thought it would be interesting. We would benefit a charity. And then it was pretty successful, but we just missed making the USA Today bestseller list that year. And so some of us were kind of like, okay, we're going to we're gonna do this again. We're going to, you know, we're going to do a few things differently, and we'll see if we can hit that list. And so now we've uh, been on the USA Today bestseller list the last three years in a row. So, Mm-hmm. It's
0: very satisfying. Wow, that's an amazing accomplishment.
1: Uh, yeah, congratulations. the full price anthology as well. You know, a lot. Of, it's fairly common for people to do an anthology and price it at ninety nine cents, and they really push, push, push. You know, but we, our goal is the charity. So making the list is wow, that's a cherry on top. It, it's so exciting, but it's not our goal. Our goal is to do good things for
0: hero dogs yeah no that that's great, but you know picking up new new fans is is also mm-hmm. you know a great goal to have as well. Maybe we could switch and and maybe you could give um uh, my listeners just a little bit of background about each one of you individually as authors so maybe maybe Veronica you could start well,
1: let's see. I had a really long career at the day job at NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory where we built. They build. I don't work there anymore. We build Mars rovers. But I always wrote. I've written ever since I was a little girl. But, you know, in college, I figured it was probably better to have a career in business than try to make make my living as a writer. But once I had an empty nest and my grown children had moved out, you know, then I thought, okay, I'm going to really give this a shot and see if I can be published first. And then after that happened, then it was exciting, you know, to see if I could maybe figure out how to be a full-time author. So... I was fortunate enough, thanks to the readers, to be able to go full-time as an author after about three years, and I write science fiction romance, and I write paranormal set in ancient Egypt, and I have a couple of fantasy romance novels out, so I'm just full-time
0: busy writing. Wow, that's that's very inspiring. Now, are you um, with a publisher, or are you indie, or are you a hybrid author? No, my my first book
1: was one of the ancient Egyptian romances, and Karina Press bought it. So I, and they're a um, imprint of Harlequin, so that was kind of exciting. That was my first published work. But at about the same time, I self-published my first science fiction romance, and oh my gosh, I love being self-published. You have all the control. <laughs> You're in charge of everything, and I like that as so. well. And now I'm completely – I have one book left with Harlequin, and everything else is completely self-published.
0: Right. And, uh, yeah, no, and I i had a, a similar uh, career path um, as well in the sense that I started with a publisher. I was with Lyrical Press that was um, became part of Kensington, and I wound up mm-hmm. actually taking my rights back, and I've been self-publishing ever since. And I've skipped around genres. I think, yes, yes. Well, I think it's the freedom aspect of it. You know what I mean? I I want to be able to write what I want to write and I don't want to be constrained by genres. And so, and you know, I just uh, finished, I released in the summertime, Johnny the Good, which is a book I was working on for over two years. And it's a very, Mm -hmm. you know, in some ways, very serious, heavy Uh, women's fiction about, you know, alcoholism and divorce and, you know, everything you can think of. And it's, it's, it's got its lighter moments, but it's definitely a meaty book. And after it, I just needed to kind of cleanse my palate because it was just such an emotional book to write. And Mm, so I wrote, yeah, but it's great. It's actually my, one of my favorite books. But um, but I needed, you know, I, I needed to cleanse my palate. Well, I needed to turn to something else. And my go-to when I want to cleanse a palate after I've done something, you know, kind of a meaty women's fiction book, right. I like to turn to right. uh, paranormal romance. So I wrote See Me, which was supposed to be a light, airy. Um, you know, rom- paranormal romance novella mm-hmm. about a woman who's, you know, who has a relationship with her long lost boyfriend who's a ghost, and you know, and I thought it was going to be really light and airy, and it was not. It also became very dark <laughs> and meaty. It went in its own <laughs> I, direction. Um, it went in its own direction, but I I love it too. So um, but you know, sometimes when you're with a publisher, if you're in a certain niche, you they kind of encourage you to stay there, and that's what I like about. Yeah. Being an indie author is I I do what I want to do and and hopefully we'll find right. an audience. So yeah, well, i have well, about maybe thirty-five
1: books see... out now. So yeah. oh
0: wow, full right. ahead. books and how long? Two thousand
1: twelve, when my first books came out. So
0: wow, so you've been very prolific. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. But you know, that's what happens when you can when you're blessed enough to be full time, which thank you all my
0: readers. I really appreciate having the freedom yeah. to write full time. Yeah, that's yeah. that's great. That's great. Now, maybe JC you can tell us a little bit about your background. I I,
2: I actually like uh like uh <laughs> uh like Veronica, I had I you know, I've been writing since ever. <laughs> I, I, right. Yeah. every I, I think every writer has written from the time they were a kid because it's it's not it's, it's just not so much a, a thing you want to do. It's a calling that you don't have any choice about. I've been writing science fiction romance since 2011. Um, like uh, like Veronica, I I was hybrid for a while. In fact, like you, mm-hmm. um, in that I was I was with both Sam Hain and Lyrical for a while. And uh, when Sam Hain folded, I got my rights back. And when Lyrical went to Kensington, I took my rights back because I uh, had my own reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 probably because what I was writing, science fiction, romance is and, and what we write, it is a bit of a niche genre. And a lot of a lot of times my in my experience and, and Karina is a bit of the exception that breaks that proves the rule. But a lot of times I find that that even small press publishers don't have a good idea how to market to yeah they don't to sci-fi romance readers. And so it's a real chance for, for me to take the reins and, and go to where my readers are and to find my readers and go, oh, and by, you know, link to this, link to this, and, and mm-hmm. you know key, keyword off of series that are similar so that, you know, even television series or, or movies that are similar that I, I can write off of and people go, oh, I'm interested in that and this book also is in that same wheelhouse so
1: well you can um, be so much more nimble as an independently published author you know if you get an idea and you you want to turn it around right away you can do that because you're not tied into contracts and deadlines and especially nowadays publishing is so fast paced i think at least for me it works best to be independent and do my own thing
2: yeah the pace can be but, murderous
1: oh
0: yeah now, what do you think are some of the challenges of writing in science fiction? Is it finding that authorship because it is somewhat niche? Or maybe, JC, you could take that question.
2: So for me, I, I think the biggest challenge is that and, – and where I, a, an anthology like Pets and Space is so useful – is that despite being a niche, it's a really broad category – science fiction romance covers everything from the really hard sci-fi series or hard in, in quotes, sci-fi series where there's no humans or there's no, no aliens and it's just humans in space with, you know, trying to, trying to do realistic physics and no faster than light travel to uh, stuff like Jesse Milholic's uh, Polaris rising, which is more star Wars in space to stuff uh, or the or Anna Hackett's uh, Phoenix Adventures, uh, mm-hmm. which is sort of a very has a very Star Wars action adventure Indiana Jones feel
1: mm-hmm.
2: to you know the various you know uh, full on alien and and totally embracing the 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 idea of aliens in, in your world building and and just hand waving away faster than light travel and and all of those other you know science fiction uh, pieces. So with with a because it's such a broad sense or, or, or such a broad genre, even within that niche, something like pets in space lets people come in and, and see across the genre, it gives them a, a nice horizontal slice through everything that's being written, whether it's the, the house of Roan stuff for the galactic gladiators or, or the star crew stuff or my own, you know, tri-system rangers. Uh, you know, there's people, people can go, Oh, Oh, that's what that is, and that's that's the niche I'm interested in, or that's the, the the sub sub genre that I want to drill down into. Now,
1: yeah. So, yeah, we have some lighthearted. It, Cassandra Chandler's story in the anthology is more, so more on more the lighthearted sci-fi side, I think, and
0: so that's quite a spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel that um, you get some crossover readership from? people who are purely science fiction fans? Nope. <laughs> no.
1: It's science fiction, hard science fiction still has a thing about romance, and romance has twoties and oh, my God, you know, don't give me romance in the middle of everything, which
0: Wait, I think a, is e-
1: ridiculous. <laughs> it's all people. It's all emotions.
2: Yeah. But we but do get a lot of –
1: some. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say we do get a lot of crossover from paranormal romance folks, sort of
1: yeah. going,
2: "Oh, wait, well, this is this is also a thing." Oh, and you know, we get we do get a lot of that, and I have met a lot of people, particularly if I go to like uh, fanish conventions like NorwestCon and, and things like that. I can I can dip my toe in and go, "Oh, you know." oh you're a firefly fan well this mm-hmm. is very similar i'm writing space western or uh and people go oh that excites me and yeah. it's romance great so it's i i think that there's a big population of science fiction fans who would be excited by it
1: i agree
2: it's kind of nice. like the I do... fan fiction community so
1: yeah oh yeah definitely I do um, write for Amazing Stories magazine blog. They've been very supportive. Steve Davidson over there has been very supportive because they are all about the hard sci-fi. But mm-hmm. he um, he likes having a broad list of things that he can cover, and so I write about science fiction romance to them. And uh, they even put one of my columns into their actual the paper magazine, which I was very honored by. So. You know, we we show up in the right places, and we we reach out, and we try to say, you know, look, we have really good adventures happening here, and we have really good science fiction, and there's also, wow, there's romance. (laughs) So we we do what we can.
2: Carly and and, and Kaylee at Sci-Fi Fangirls for Sci-Fi.com, and they, they do also do some great roundups sort of each month for these are their top picks. For,
1: for they try. They try. They, they try. they they sort of frustrate me. I love their columns and stuff, but, you know, sometimes they really, because they're not coming at it, as I understand it, from within the romance community, they miss a huge swath of perfectly good sci-fi romance. But, you know, we can't be everywhere all the
0: time, so we each do our own thing of trying to spread the word. Well, it sounds like the anthology is a great way to do it. And so, and I, I, I think that maybe romance writers or I'm sorry, romance readers are more flexible. You know, I, I know mm-hmm. very few people who are strictly, you know, paranormal romance. I like a paranormal romance. I like small time romance. I like women's fiction and now maybe I'll give uh, science fiction romance a try, but I think romance ri- readers are more open Um, And maybe, like you said, if if they if they like the journey, if they like the excitement, you know, that that paranormal romance or maybe suspense can give them, you know, maybe there is a lot of crossover with science fiction. It sounds like maybe there is if people become could become, you know, more aware of it, more aware that it's out there. So aside from the uh, the the anthology, what are you doing to try and reach readers? What special marketing do you do?
1: Well, I just mean, I've done all kinds of things. I mean, while USA Today used to have a happy ever after blog for romance, I wrote for them. I did interviews and columns. So, I mean, I've written for a number of different platforms. Um, other than the anthology, though, I kind of – once a week I do a roundup of all the new releases, and not all, but a curated list of new releases in – science fiction romance, paranormal romance, and fantasy romance, and that gets hundreds of page views. So that's one way I try to reach people, you know, and show them all three genres and related stories in one place. And hey, this is what came out this week that was new that I think is worth looking at. So that's, of course, you know, if I have a new book, it's going to appear in that list. So that's one thing. And then otherwise, you know, I write my books, I put my books out there, I promo them, and and promo everybody else. I just, I think what's, what's really nice about the sci-fi romance community is that we're all pretty supportive, and we have a number of different groups on Facebook where we, you know, we highlight each other and we share each other's posts, and we have a lot of readers in common. So it's, it's quite a community. I, I like that part of it.
2: Oh me, me And too. how about One you, JC? The, uh, I was gonna say. Uh, it is one of the most supportive communities. I mean, ro- romance in general is a, is a very, very supportive community of writers, but the sci-fi romance community is because it's so tight knit. I, mm-hmm. I, I have fond memories of the first time I met Lori green, uh, when sci-fi romance brigade was just getting kicked off because nice. we were, we were defining ourselves as a genre and setting ourselves aside from apart from paranormal, um, but yeah, no. Um, in terms of how I how I market it, largely I, I write my books and I lean heavily into promoting other authors that I think are really great, either on Twitter or on Facebook or, especially on my Instagram. I try to run a weekly, "Hey, here's who I'm reading right now," on my Instagram, just to to capture and help promote other writers in the genre to get more people to to see and and be aware of what's being done in science fiction romance because there is so much of it and it's so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's several um, sites that I use as references and that I try to support when I can. There's women of color in romance. They're excellent. And they have, you know, also our genres within their collection of authors and books. And there's also queer sci-fi. I love them. They have turned me on to so many good books. So I try to keep up with both of them and, Retweet them when I can, and you know, keep an eye on what new releases they think are worth looking at. So then I go look at them and put them on my weekly report if I can. You know, so it, it is largely a really supportive community, and and we all share the same readers to some extent. So we help each other out. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Create good karma, right? <laughs> right. Um.
1: Well, well exactly. maybe you could
0: tell. Yeah, maybe. Um. You can each tell me, you know, what are some of the recent individual releases that you've had, and then maybe also where people can find you online. So maybe we'll start with you, Veronica. Well, I've had three
1: three different releases in the last couple of months. We had, of course, "Touch in Space," which had Star Cruise by itself. Um, you know, had a Star Cruise story in it. I also recently released one of my Ancient Egyptians called Return of the Dancer of the Nile. It's a sequel to an earlier book. And then I just released a fantasy romance holiday novella. I've always wanted to write a holiday novella. So I had my chance because I didn't want to write sci-fi and compete with pets. So, you know, I'm keeping... right now I'm working on my next Badari Warriors, which is about genetically engineered soldiers of the future and human women that they're trying to save and the alien scientists that are after everybody. Um, so that's my award-winning series at the moment, and I'm busy at work on the next one. I just wrote a scene with alien jellyfish,
0: so always busy. alien jellyfish.
1: <laughs> that sounds yeah. Great. <laughs> managed to work that into the plot. Yeah, they're not pets. They're definitely not pets. Not not in a good <laughs> category. So I mean, I have a blog. I don't have my URL in front of me at the moment, but I have a blog. I'm at, on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm at V Scott the Author. I didn't know in those days you don't want a long handle. I gave myself a long handle. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So I'm kind of everywhere in the social media you would expect.
0: And Veronica
1: Scott. Well, that's great.
2: And I'm, uh, let's see, my, obviously Pets in Space, the most recent release for me, which has the first of the Tri-System Smuggler books, uh, Heart of the Spider's Web. Uh, The, uh, other books i've got out right now my tri system rangers books and in, includes uh, uh the first book out is in a way uh, i n o u y e it's named after it i named them after the soldiers because i got tired of trying to come up with good names so <laughs> and also it helps me keep straight who's in which book uh, <laughs> thank say, thank you kit Roka because <laughs> <laughs> when they switched over to, to naming their, their books after the characters, I was like, Good, I don't feel so bad about wanting to do this now. <laughs> um uh but yeah, the uh for me yeah, the other I've got the two Rangers books out and I've got a third that is scheduled to come out at the end of the year, um following um, May, who is another member who people have have uh met and gotten to know in the series and then my story from last year's pets in space will be releasing first of the year um to following their commanding officer uh, uh commander Penzak, so which i'm really excited to put that back out in front of people i like to give them a chance to you know I, I want to reward people for buying pets in space so i i like to wait a little bit before it uh before i re-release so
1: and we appreciate mm-hmm. that trust me <laughs> we really do we want to encourage the sales while the
0: anthology is available so thank you yeah. And the anthology, yeah, all- is that available in stores or is it all online? It's all online, but it's
1: available at all of the uh, ebook sellers, you know, Amazon, Apple Books,
0: Nooks, Kobo, and we even put it on Google Play. So
1: it's available everywhere, Pets in Space
0: 4. Wow, that's great. Well, I mean, it sounds like a really interesting book. It sounds like it's going to a great cause. So I wish you all the greatest success. And I really do appreciate you coming um, on the show and giving my listeners a chance to uh, to, to learn about this new genre, because I think um, I've done about 60 shows, but you guys are my first science fiction oh. romance writers. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm so happy honor. that you were able to join. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well and I also hope that you'll um let us know uh what's what's going on with this book and, and maybe let us know when you have new releases. Uh I like to update um the guests, uh, the listeners about what's happening to prior guests on the Facebook fan page, Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. So please I would hope that you stay in touch. Um oh, sure. and um absolutely. and um it was really yeah no it was a, it was a pleasure and it was a pleasure um j c talking to another fellow um or former lyrical press author so um <laughs> it's it's great that you've uh you know you you've succeeded in, in pursued writing still you know sometimes it's, um life gets in the way I know right. I had to take a little sabbatical of writing, but once you have the writing bug it's it's hard to get rid of it so anyway, it sounds like yeah, you guys are really doing great. So, so thank so thanks you so much. again. It
2: was really an honor. Um,
0: yeah, I really no, appreciate it
2: was, you being able to have us on. So
0: yeah, no, I thank I appreciate you so much too. Yes, thank you so much. And so um, just again to update everyone on on my um, ongoing uh, promos. Again, see me um, the book one in. The Reluctant Witch series is free for the next two days. And even when it's full price, it's only 99 cents. So I hope that people will check that out. Uh, It's a good ghost story, right, as we're approaching Halloween. Um, And also if you're into the witchy um, state of mind, the Dablin Witch is available. And if you want a hard copy, free hard copy, um, go onto my website and I can, you can, it's still time to enter that contest. Um, but if you want book one of The Devil and Witch, that is actually free if you want to sample that. And information about all my books and, and cover and you can see the covers of all my books are on my website Burn it at Walsh.com. there's also a page on my website that lists upcoming guests on nice girls reading naughty books um, I've been a little um, distracted with back to school and everything else so there was a little hiatus in October but I'm, I have so many great guests um, that I'm trying to schedule for November so please um, I also include um, links to all those shows on my um, Facebook fan page for nice girls reading naughty books so if you haven't liked that yet, please like it. And again, thank you for spending time with me this evening. It's at Walsh, Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.